Hey, Flock of Fans. Hey, good evening, Flock of Fans. You made the right balls up last time. Yes, I have. You did. Was it my fault or yours? Well, I'm not going to replay it now. That would be inappropriate, wouldn't it? Well, your point of contact. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Uh, So it's off the cuff 12 for your £12 discount of a box of yup beer. It is not Flucker's 12. Yeah. I can't believe you said that. Uh, So, um, yeah, so when you're uh, ringing up for your box of uh, delicious yup beer, including this peanut butter cream and a lovely bit of Fluffy bunny. bunny. Which I have on very good authority, bloody excellent. But uh, not to drive with. No. Uh, then put in off the cuff 12 to get 12 quid off your first case of beer from Yup Pier. I'm going to try this piece. Are you having it? Yeah, I know, I'm going to risk it. I'm going to risk it. Oh, you see, because um, I'm driving the electric van this evening, aren't I? You are. I don't think it counts. <laughs> it's not real. I don't think it counts like a real car, does it? I don't know what the limit is for electric vehicles. I'm sure it's far higher than because um, it's, it's virtually self-driving. Virtually, isn't it? Mm. Which is good considering how you drive when you've not had a drink. Yeah, true. Anyway, true. Uh, We're back. Cheers, everybody. Yeah. Cheers. Um, yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, Cheers. Of yeah. Uh, bizarrely, someone else has agreed to come along and chat to us tonight. I know. Yeah, another special guest. Yeah. Mm. Don't get much more special than this. Though. Even well, more special than Farah. Well, you can't say that because then no. they'll upset our previous guests. They're all equal. Just some of that. Some are more equal than others. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so who have we got with us this evening? Well, you don't have to say your name if you want to be anonymous. That's fine. But um, you are special in a special kind of way, aren't you? <laughs> I'm not a special constable. I never have been. No. Okay. I've got my own views on them as well. Right. <laughs> At some stage. Hey, yeah, great. <laughs> in the proceedings. Tell us about your beer first of all. What do you think of that? It's um, it's strong. God, it is fluffy. Um, yeah, fluffier bunny. Uh, it's a, an imperial stout. It's mm. 10%. Mm. And you can really tell. You that can it's 10% as well. I've just had a sip of this peanut butter cream, peanut imperial mm. porter. 10.3. Mm. It's like these peanut things. It's just like drinking a bottle of wine. Yeah. It, yeah, it tastes bloody delicious. Or, like being in Belgium, yeah. Yeah, they have the very strong beers yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. It's a bit yeah. of a thing, but well, it is a thing with the up beer is that they are all. Delicious. Beer, they are, aren't they? And we're not yeah. just saying that because we get given them. They are actually properly yeah. delicious beers. Good old yuck beer. Good old yuck beer. Hurrah! Yuckbeer.com. Mm-hmm. Off the cuff 12. Mm-hmm. 12 pound off the first order. Mm-hmm. And they collect beers from all around the world. Go on, I'm going to send them some absolute rubbish yeah. after that. Anyway, so yes, we've got a special guest with us. So, um, are, we, are you anonymous? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, can use so. my, I can use my first name, but. The last name I'd rather not give. All right, that's that's, uh, because the, the golden rule is that you never change your first name. Right. Okay. Which I'll tell you about yeah. later on. Mm-hmm. All right. So, so you can call me Andy. Andy. No problem. Andy. There's lots of Andys in the world. We'll probably get loads more out of you by the time we get to the bottom <laughs> of that fluffy bunny. Mm. Go on, then, Andy. Tell us about. Well, me. Where um, you work. Well, I can tell you. The issue for me in relation to policing sounds quite corny because um, my uncle Brian was a, a cop in the Met and I grew up sort of idolising him I suppose and from the age of three onwards always wanted to be a police, policeman. Wow. But the issue, yeah, yeah. I mean and he um, he's still alive now, God, God bless him, and he's well into his 80s. So he's actually achieved what all police officers want to achieve, and that's to actually be retired longer than he ever worked. Yeah, yeah, more than 30, 30. Yeah, mm. so he's done very well there, and he's still he's still alive and kicking. But, um, yeah, I always wanted to be a cop, and 
I think the issue with me is because I'm at that age that when I was at school, um, if you couldn't spell or you had problems with words, you were dim. Um, and I feel my 11 plus, I got, you know, make no bones about that, and um, went to secondary, secondary modern school and um, was in the B stream. But I think I knew that I should probably have been done better than that, but I couldn't spell, save my life. Still can't, to be quite honest with you. Um, and went through school, applied to go into the cadets, and couldn't get in because I failed the spelling. And then uh, I was going to play football um, as a professional. And um, I'd sign forms, shan't tell you for who. But then, um, almost the last game of the season, I, uh, I broke my leg um, really badly. Uh, three people took me out. I was only f coming up to 15 at the time, 15, yeah. Didn't take any exams, it was CSEs where I was at the time. And uh, in those days, you see, you just got plastered up. There was none of this uh, um, pins and stuff out and air boots women and invented. I'm sure if it had been now and I'd been that age, I probably would have played again, but I never played again. Hmm. And at I all? I, uh, yeah, being on the social a little bit, a little bit okay. for the police, not for the first team, but a little bit socially, but hmm. you lose your balance. Uh, and I think if anybody, if you listen to some some professional footballers, that they'll always say that you lose half, half a yard of pace or what have you. At 15, it was a lot. Mm. And I knew that I wasn't going to play again. And I remember my dad, you know, saying to me, what are you going to do now then, my lad? He said, you better go and get yourself a trade. Right. So that's what I did. Was your heart broken? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, my whole life was hanging around my ankles like a pair of shitty wifelings. Mm quite honest with you I thought that's me done I'm uh, you know life as I know it's finished but I went into the building trade and uh, ended up um, being a joiner in the buildings yeah. um, did very well at that to be quite honest with you and um, so did you do a full apprenticeship yeah advanced crafts right through and I think had the company that I worked for uh, not gone bankrupt and um, I probably would have uh, had a longer career in that but then as you get through I mean that's a whistle stop really we get to 1980 by which time I was probably just coming up 22 and Nottingham Police were, uh, were advertising they wanted 108 police officers so I applied well I ain't going to get in because I can't spell um, and it was so different in those days see now uh, you have uh, selection procedures, you have all of those sorts of things. And I I went to uh, Central Police Station, anybody who knows Nottingham will know what it's like. And there was a, an old sergeant stood there. Um, and I can, I can tell you what his name was, it was John Tennant. Right. Uh, and I'm not sure whether he's still with us now, but he ended up being, uh, I think, probably Chief Inspector Superintendent rank at the end. But he just stood at the front, um, and there must have been 40 of us there gave us this exam thing that we had to do. And I thought, that's me, that's me finished. And I've, I've tried it, I'll go back to knocking nails in. Mm -hmm. And then uh, after about an hour, he came back into the room and he called six names out. And mine was one of them. Wow. And I thought, mm, that's me then, <laughs> see you later. <laughs> and he gave us all a, um, a meal ticket in, in, uh, at Central Police Station. 
I'd like a, a canteen upstairs, and, you know, and, you, and he said, uh, you, you gentlemen can go and uh, uh, have a, a meal on us and be back here for one o'clock. And the, the rest of them had obviously failed for wow. some bizarre reason. And uh, I won't name the people that, uh, that I, I went for lunch with, but I ended up serving with those people in various parts for the next 30 years. Wow. Yeah. And um, we came back and we then had a, a three-man interview. So there was a, an inspector, obviously John Tennant, plus somebody else as well. Um, I won't mention their names. I can mention him because he, he, he was a legend in, around uh, those times. And um, they asked some bizarre questions that you would never get away with now. Can you give us an example of them? Yeah. Um, well, basically, things like... Um, um, what newspaper do you read? Right. What's the Aquinas card? I've never read a book. <laughs> and if I get past uh, halfway down the back page of uh, of any newspaper, then then I've done well. But um, yeah, and I, before I could open my mouth, one of them said, ah, "It'd be the sun or the mirror. You working on the buildings?" Uh, now you never go away with that now, would you? No. Yeah. But yeah, and that was it. And you know what? It was pretty right, really. Anything that was lying around in the snack cabin, you'd read, mm, yeah. uh, and all of that sort of stuff. And of course, um, I think some of that. Are oh, you married? And I was at the time. You know, what does your wife think uh, about you coming in the police and all this? So you just say what you what you know they want to hear. Yeah. 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 And that was that, really. Um, well, and they said, oh. Oh, that, yeah, that was it. By the end of the day, uh, it, it was about half past four. So it was quite a long day because the others had to be interviewed as well. Mm -hmm. And um, we were then down to four others. Oh, right, you lost two. Right? Yeah, and, you know, I'll tell you off air who, the, who three of those four were. And they said to you, do you know where the rope walk is in Nottingham? Of course I did, and they did. And they said, that, well, you need to get there for ten minutes to five. Uh, and this is half past four. So we, bear in mind, we've got suits on, you know, we're having a proper interview type thing. So we jog across to this address on the rope walk for a, for a, a chest x ray. Hey? <laughs> a chest x ray. I know, you couldn't make it up, could you? Wow. And we went to this private place on the, on the rope walk for a chest x ray and a bit of a medical thing. Right. And not with that. Never heard anything more about it. And uh, went back to knocking in nails on a building sign. I thought, oh, very strange that is. Have I got in? Haven't I got in? Yeah. What's happening? And I called recruitment about probably four or five weeks later. So oh, yeah, yeah, you, you know, <coughs> yeah, we'll you're be writing. Yeah, we'll be writing to you very soon and telling you when to start. And I said, what's that mean? I've got the job then. <laughs> well, no, not quite. Oh. There's another stage that you have to go to. And I thought, oh, right, okay. So we got the letter eventually saying report to Shield Lodge Police Headquarters. And um, I can't remember the ACC that it was he had to see. All I know is he's called him Piggy. That was his name. That, uh, officers at the time called him that. I didn't know he was Piggy, but that was in the set. And we sat outside, and strangely enough, it was the same four people. And uh, this, the one of the admin staff came round, or oh, you'll be, can't say the number because people will know, and you'll be my number. And I, th I said, what do you mean? Oh, that would be a collar number. I thought, what, what about a collar number? Okay, yeah, right, thank you. Never thought any more about it. 
went into the uh, then it called me and went into the office and there's the ACC and he's sitting there looking with his face and I thought well, you know I know why they call you piggy and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, he asked me a few asked me a few questions like oh uh, you know uh, I understand you're in the building trade and you're this and that well, what makes you want to be a police officer and of course I gave him the you know Uncle Brian story yeah. and uh, all of that which I suppose a lot of people have a similar story yeah. don't they yeah. And then, and that was it really. Um, and then he said, "Well, I'm happy to tell you that um, you, you've been successful, and that um, you'll you, you'll be in the next intake." Wow. Well, I, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know whether to cry, laugh, mm, yeah, get up and run out, what to do, because then I was going to be a policeman. Mm, yeah. And um, and I went out, and the other three went in, and one of them was told he was unsuccessful ah. and he was told he was and he, uh, he did get in eventually he was told he was going to be unsuccessful and if he's listening or know it is because he was not mature enough and he'd not had enough experience of life ah. the other two had That's one of them had been in the motor trade and yeah. uh, I'm not sure what the other one did but yeah well, was there a significant age difference between you yeah. three and that, that yeah. other individual we were similar ages yeah us three he was a lot long younger. He was about just about coming up to eighteen and a half, nineteen, just on the right. on the edge. And he went away, and I found out later they joined the fire service. Uh-huh. And he was a fire officer at St Anne's and Meadows and all around there. And then eventually he applied again and got in, and I, I did run across him. Uh-huh. So that was that. And uh, of course I went home and I said, you know, to my wife at the time, well, they've offered me the job. But, oh, when do you start? I don't, I, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Didn't get no information. In those days, there was no information whatsoever. And I got a letter saying, "Go to report to the stores at Sherwood Lodge." Because you don't even know where the stores are, do you? But mm-hmm. Anyway, you go there and bring two suitcases, <laughs> two large, two large suitcases. Right. Okay. So I go down there. I'm not in the job by this time at all. I'm not got. Um, and it was it was like. Now, as I think about it, it's like having an out-of-body experience because there was, again, there was an old guy there who, who was limping around with a, a bad arm who was obviously in shot, and <laughs> if that person's still with us, he'll know who he is. Real nice boy. And then there was a really abrupt guy who was clearly a police sergeant. You know, he'd got blue shirt on, but you couldn't see his epaulets. And then to the, to the other side, there was like a tailor's area with sewing machines and these women sewing things and sewing machines and all of that sort so they're saying oh yeah you'll be a you'll be a large or you'll be a this and that so they're giving you tunics now nowadays cops are wearing fred perry shirts and all of that it wasn't then you got you got seven blue shirts for other ranks inspectors and above had white so you've got seven blue shirts you got three set three tunics and four pairs of trousers and it was heavy wool yeah. surge kit again you may or not remember them that well, you'll have had them when you when you was around i'm sure but and they were shiny buttons basically and that was it uh, with a belt and a silver buckle mm-hmm. and um and i'd had a haircut funnily enough before i went and it put this helmet on me and it just looked like a pimple on top of my head and I said to him, well, it's a bit too small, he says, 
You'll be all right when you've had when you've had your haircut. Like. <laughs> <laughs> How sure do you want me here to be? God no. So that that so you got that and your other bits and bobs, your belt and your gloves and that in these two suitcases. And off I went home with them. Did what? they give you truncheons at that point? Um, yeah, whistle, yeah. Whistle? Whistle? whistle, not whistle, no. no. Um, right. Yeah, truncheon, which I've still got. Yeah. Um, handcuffs, the ones, the bendy ones. Yeah. Um, not quick cuffs as they've got now. And um, put them in the suit. Oh, I couldn't wait. Couldn't wait to go and show my man my yeah. uniform. Yeah. No numbers on it, no nothing. Right. I couldn't even remember what my number was going to be. Did you rush home and get it? There was a bag full. They knew. Yeah, well, there's a bag full of, of numbers that they gave you yeah. and of course in those days Nottingham police had the uh, the coat of arms on the on the lapels yeah, that's yeah. Right, yeah. I don't know if they still have them now but you know I've still got my uh, my last dress uniform and it's still got the lot on mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> so go on come wait to show me man you know you, you like you yeah. do and, uh, and of course you put it on and, and everything it's all creased and you mm-hmm. know what to do with it and um, and then they gave me a start date uh, 18th of June 1980 it was. And how far ahead was that? <laughs> Probably about five, six weeks. Oh, right, not a long time. But enough time, well you see, I mean you're noticing in the building, it's not like now. Yeah. You get a week's notice and that was it, you've gone. Because you never told anybody. And, mm. I, and I bet people now who, who, who are getting into police, some will broadcast it everywhere that, they, that they've applied for the police. Some won't, and I never told us, the living soul until I knew I was starting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, and that was it. So then. So how how was that met on the building site then? Which your college because the building the building uh, so back then was is a different animal to what it is now. Yeah, it was. I mean, some were okay, some weren't. I mean, my um, my dad was a licensee. Oh. So right. within the force area. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and so I couldn't live on licensed premises. Yeah. But it didn't matter because I, I I was married anyway. Some of the people in the pub were fine some of the people never said much mm. but you could tell they won't be happy uh, you know with you because of the area it was in yeah um and that was that so then um it, it was um report to force headquarters uh at nine o'clock on the monday morning your first day at work so no uniform obviously dressed in civvies yeah. and we went upstairs at, at the old force headquarters at the time and i remember um a lad that uh, I can't, I, I won't name him, but he'll know who he is as well. Quite a big lad, really powerful looking lad, and uh, and he was, I'd seen him um, that morning. Got got to say, you know, yeah, mate, you're right, and all that sort of thing. And um, I thought he's a big lad, he is. And so we, we then went into like a, 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 it was like a conference room, and you had to put your uniform on in that conference room. And that was it. And and I, I looked at him, and he, and he looked at me anyway. Put him on. And when he took his shirt off, I nearly fainted. He got muscles on top of muscles. He was the strongest. Honest. Yeah. And, and when we got to training school, we were in the same class at training school, and he was absolutely strongest lad I've ever ever met in my life. He'd got arms like thighs. But to see him with with his his shirt, he thought he was fat. And I thought, it is a bit of a fat lad, is. <laughs> when I saw him with his shirt on, it was and, I, and you didn't you say to him, that, mate, you've got a bit of a pudding on. He'd <laughs> rip your head off and stuff to your backside. But he, and, and that was it. So we put them on and they're all creased and everything. And um, 
and I, I can't even remember the sergeant it was a sergeant again and he, he was saying right okay yes everybody that's you that's your uniforms um uh, i want you to have your numbers on them and report to episton training school for tomorrow morning we're done just after lunchtime uh tomorrow morning with your numbers on um and um you know you'll be taught what to do with the uniform and when we got there the next day the tuesday um the the sergeant was pete mcleod uh, and he was very very posh he spoke very awfully awfully well good morning gentlemen blah 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 and all that sort of thing I'm going to show you what to do with your trousers now. And he got a bloody ironing board out. We're showing us how to press the ironing. <laughs> really? Honest to God. <laughs> and we, uh, uh, you could make it up, could you? And, and, and we're sitting there, and I'd never even seen an iron. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know where the iron lived. Yeah. You know, what is this iron thing? I just used to open the cupboard, and my shirts would be there. They were already being done. And that yeah. was it. When I'd done with them, I'd chuck them in a in a in a a box and then they'd be bung back up again yeah so that was that the laundry fairing yeah uh <laughs> and we're there the tuesday and i think on the, uh, the there's various things went on um just basically pep talks and i do remember one of the times there was oh no that, that is later on the local procedure remind me to tell you about that when uh, when there was the argument uh, between two of them but basically, uh, we went through we went through the uh, the uniform thing, and you, you bought a brand new pair of boots as well, and they got to be bald. Mm -hmm. So when you say you, you bought them, you you had to buy yeah, you had to buy your own boots in that days. Yeah, they, they weren't nothing was issued, right. and you could have you could have shoes if you wanted, and it cost Doc Martins uh, or boots, and. Um, Mind me tell you about that. There's another story that comes straight in my head about boots. Just don't let me forget to tell you that because you, you, you'll laugh about that. But um, anyway, so we goes to Episton the next day, does all of this and his various bits. And uh, it, we didn't do a lot, to be honest. It was just like getting to know each other. And he chucked a ball around and I'm this and this is what I've done, icebreakers and all that. And then they said, you'll finish early on um, on Friday. And then on um, on Sunday, um, you'll go to RAF Dishfus for, for 10 weeks. And I thought, where? Nobody told me I've got to go away for 10 weeks. <laughs> now, you might think, what a naive, how naive is he? He didn't know he'd got to go to training school for 10 weeks. What did he, what did you think? Yeah, but if nobody's... Nobody's ever told, <laughs> nobody nobody told, told us. And I remember saying yeah. to these other two lads who... who I ended up finishing my career with in the end. Wait, what do you mean, Dishworth? And one of them said, Well, do you know? I said, No, I didn't know. I didn't know what it is. <laughs> right, okay, so that was that. And um, so you had to go and tell the wife? Yeah, so that's him going away for 10 weeks. Oh, God. What do you mean, going away where? <laughs> <laughs> Some RF place in your life. <laughs> I have no yeah. idea. I don't even know where it is. Yeah. And uh, we got to go away on Sunday. And <laughs> got to the. Anyway, so. Anyway. We've got plans for Sunday. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to my mum's Sunday afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ring them oh, up. Ring them yeah. up. Tell them you can't oh, yeah. go. So, anyway, um, we all met, uh, three of us, the big lad, plus the other two, and me, at. Um, the A32 off the M1 
and because one of them knew where it was and followed him up and that was it and we all went up there and and this was a sunday evening because you had to be there the sunday evening right. ready for the monday okay so we all rocked up in our cars didn't we and we popped up and went into this reception part at dishforth and these sergeants were there sergeants again and um very officious right mm. um I'd like to see your driving license, MOT, and uh, an insurance. What? Check your driving license, your MOT, and your insurance on your car. Luckily, I'd got my, I'd got them with me. Yeah. And um, but some people rocked up afterwards, got no MOT. <laughs> no. No idea. Well, they didn't know to get through the gate, did they? Oh God. Honestly, and um, and that was that, and. <laughs> And then we went from there into um, into a dormitory. There were twenty five of us in a dormitory, in a class, and um, it was an army dormitory. Oh, all for the same force. Different forces. Different forces. Right. And all I remember was listening to these gobshites from West Yorkshire because they'd been there before. One of these Yorkshire shouting and because there were more of them than us because it's a big metropolitan force. Yeah. And I was thinking, oh yeah, we ain't going to get on very well, you know. <laughs> So I was 23, some of them had just come out of the cadets. Mm. And I thought they were the worst, some of them, because they'd done a couple of years and they knew bits of the law and they knew because they'd done a bit right. and they thought they were the cops already. Special. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that was it, really. And there was a there was a bar there called the Pack Horse, and you were allowed to go and have a drink and that. So we had a few drinks and, excuse me, as luck would have it, in every, they knew what they were doing because in every class, there was always one or two ex-services people. I mean, we had a we had somebody from the Anglian re regiment and also an ex-grenadier guardsman, and they were um, from Lincolnshire. Funnily enough, they were, um, but they knew how to do kit. Mm. Yeah, and that was the idea. And ball boots. And ball boots. Right. And by the by that time, my mum had shown me how to iron shirts, so I knew how to do that. And and that was it really. The next day you got up and you had to be in class for nine, uh, bang on nine o'clock. And of course you go in there in your uniform, you sit in there, aren't you? And there's a big blackboard up there. Must have been thirty rules up there. You will stand up when 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 the sergeant enters the room, and you will address the sergeant as sergeant, not sarge, sergeant. And you will speak when you're spoken to. You're this, and you're that. And there must have been about twenty rules. And then the bottom of it says, and if you don't like it, leave now. <laughs> That'd be bullying now. <laughs> oh yeah. Anyway, in they come, uh, and they'll know who they are. One of them was a Nottinghamshire sergeant, great bloke, loved him, loved him with an absolute passion. After and also when we got back to force, and he he was really officious. It was only, you know, it could have been regulation high. It was only short, but by God, <laughs> very formidable. And he he reiterated all of those. Uh, those rules, and if you don't like it, you can leave now. And somebody got and went. No. Yeah, yeah. No. Somebody just got and walked out. Oh. Come on, not, not, not a word said. Just got and walked <laughs> out. Really? Yeah, fuck this, he says. And off he went. <laughs> and that were it. Never saw him again. Wow. And and of course, you did all the things that, I mean, too much to even talk about in, in the time, but. You know, you you had to have lessons about the law, and mm. you did practical sessions, pretty much what they do now. Um, and then you had to set an exam at the end of each week, 
I couldn't keep my eyes open after about Wednesday because you're on the piss at night. He was in, he was yeah. in the pack horse at night. It's heavy going, isn't it? Yeah, it bloody was. And, and then then you're up in the morning, yeah? and then you have to be on parade at eight. So breakfast at seven, yeah. parade at eight, every single morning. Yeah, if you look at every single morning, and and the, the soldiers, ex-soldiers, taught you how to march. There's a, there was a, a parade, there was drill. You marched as a class everywhere you went. You had to form up form two columns and when you had one class you had to go somewhere else you, you'd march there yeah. and uh and it's that quite was a touristic style of policing, yeah that isn't yeah it? it's not like that now no it wasn't like that when i joined no it was in 2000 you know there was elements of it but it was mm. quite relaxed i think well there were no on sweet like <laughs> you would have had yeah. i'm talking yeah. about a bloody shower house mm. and you had to walk through out it was two dorms one there and one on the other side of of the steps you go down some steps and there was the shower house mm. all open showers just like the, the army mm. and that was it you had to have a shave every morning if you hadn't had a shave and you made sure you didn't have any any soap behind your ear all otherwise you got um admonished for the one to bed yeah. and that was it really you you, you then pt you yeah. had to do that every wednesday but virtually every other day and wednesday was the big one because they used to have to go to do something like a, about a four mile run right and then um, to be honest i didn't run when i was playing football so we wouldn't be able to <laughs> run now uh, and I, I just remember that they timed you and after five weeks you did it again and after 10 and they wanted you to you had to achieve a mm. certain time and i remember lying in my bed on the thursday night something like and i thought i can't do this Every bone in my body ached. Bear in mind, I thought I was being really fit, up and down ladders and on yeah, scaffold yeah. and Christ knows what. And, um, and that was it. And um, then you had an exam every Friday. If you failed it, you had to go back for remedial training, they used to call it. If you failed it four times, they sent you back to force. Well, that was the threat. Yeah. And I did fail four. Um, and that was for the first five weeks was so intense mm. i mean i can i can remember sitting and if i'd still got my my exercise books now where i fell asleep while they because <laughs> my, my pen's gone i've absolutely shattered mm. every ounce out of you but as time went on you got fitter mm. and different and the discipline you got used to it the sergeants didn't change for five weeks they were nasty all the time the way they spoke to you and did you have any others drop out during that time yeah a couple one lad from lincolnshire dropped out he'd had enough he couldn't he couldn't stick it um and he he, he left i remember i can see his face now and we had a lad from northern ireland because the, the police from northern ireland used to send them to train with us and he, he came but he stayed and um his dad was a cop over there and of course, dead broad Northern Irish accent he had and everything, because they took the mick out of him. You'd never get away with it. No, no, But that's what happened. And and of course, um, the first five weeks, you, as I say, the, the, it was almost like they were taking you to pieces. Yeah, yeah. Rebuilding you. <coughs> yeah. They were taking your brain out, mm -hmm. basically, brainwashing you into what they wanted, mm. the discipline, and it was discipline. And then. Um, after the fifth week, you then became seniors. Stayed in the same class, became seniors. And I remember it was really quite surreal because we had a session with two plain, co plain clothes 
instructors didn't know that oh my name's John my name's you know Ian and oh yeah and this and that and, you know we had a really good time and all this it turned out they were sergeants from another class <laughs> just and, putting civvies on yeah and they'd become your you know your old friends with them <coughs> and all of that just to see if once your guard was down you said anything out of turn interesting but you you know depending on how mature you are you re- I didn't know what they were, but you, you, you were careful what you said. And then that second five weeks was just as hard but easier after that particular thing. And then obviously you go back to force. Uh, well, they give you a posting a week before you go back. And they, um, nobody wants to go to workshop, Bassett Law workshop. And bear in mind, I, I lived the other side of the world. I didn't want to be going to works on some people got posted up there when they lived the other side of Nottingham uh, and you you know you you're supposed to live nearby yeah. and all that and they told me I was going to Bassett Law Workshop and I thought oh no I can't I can't do this and and, and they left it right the day before and <laughs> the sergeant came to me and said no you're not you're going to West Ice and Green oh. so which is worse Ice and Green in 1980 yeah. or yeah. Bassett Law Workshop <laughs> yeah. so well I suppose that depends, but just, just, yeah. just going back to your, your training now, were there any females, mm. were any females in your class? Yeah, two. Two. And yeah. So, obviously, with your career lasting as long as it did, yeah. you know, quantum in a minute, but the way that the females cops were treated back then, compared to how they're treated in your, yeah. in your last part, latter part of your, yeah. your, your career, was there much difference? Oh, God, yeah. yeah. Mile, really, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they were they were WPCs. Yeah. That's what they were, mm-hmm. and they all had um, they had the same uh, in in Nottinghamshire. The WPCs uh, would have the same number, so you could have a PC thirty six and a police woman thirty six. Right. Because that's that separate, but up there, uh, and of course dress, mm. come out trousers. Mm. They had to wear a skirt. And were they given all the same training as you? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So they were all the same PT, yeah, they did, did they have to hit the same standards? Or no, well, they, they couldn't climb, <coughs> climb up the ropes, some of them. well, some of them could, obviously, but... No, no, not, in, not in the skirt? No, well, different then, because obviously in gym gear, but, well, yeah, they had to wear a, they had to wear a skirt. Yeah. And I remember the, the drill sergeant was brilliant, and again, I could say his name because he's passed away now, but his name was Co- Cochrane, and he was an ex-guardsman, moustache and really stiff man, mm. and and all of this and he used to be just like an army sergeant major yeah. and that's what he was he was next guardsman yeah. um and he he would go up and down and he'd say right to ladies and he meant them not me mm. um how are your shoes has anybody got sore feet and um you you, you got sore feet with a marching yeah. and he took all their shoes off them their police shoes that evening Obviously, took him back to wherever, where his room and what have you, and he, and he worked the back, you know, the back of your shoes. If you've got any any boots or shoes that are hurting you, if you work them with your thumb, mm-hmm. or you put them on, on like a steel uh, bed head and you, you tap it with a hammer, it softens the leather and it stops you from getting blisters. Right. And, it, I remember and he did that for He them, did yeah. that for yeah. the police with me, yeah. Well, and uh, and, and he, he told us how to do it, he didn't take ours, but, <laughs> but, but that was it. And, 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 and But he was. In the end, he used to get. He, although you respected him so much, it became 
you, like a comfort blanket. Mm. It was a drill sergeant. That's all he did. Yeah. You know, he'd bellow at you if you walked across the parade square. square you know, really, that's sure voice. Yeah. Off my parade square and all of this sort of thing. And yeah, he was. Uh, it it was really, really testing times yeah. to be honest. You enjoy it. Excuse me. Yeah, um, I did. I think looking back. Yeah, I think if I yeah, I, I, if if you say would I do it again? Yeah, I mm. definitely would. And um, and I don't think I'd have done anything differently really because it was nice going up there uncontaminated that I didn't know what was coming. Mm. Yeah. You know because they they did strip you back. There's no doubt about that. If you got no discipline when you got there, you certainly had some after the ten weeks. Mm. And you you know you lost weight. You became fit. And they all, they all said, oh, you seem to put that back on when you're I assume you're back. going home at the weekend, so yeah. Yeah, you used to go back on the Friday, wash your shirts, back up on the Sunday. Yeah. And throughout that whole process, do you think, yeah, I've definitely made the right decision? Oh, as time went on, yeah. Yeah. And you got to the stage where you couldn't wait to be back, back where you was going. I mean, don't get me wrong, Ice and Green in 1980 was rough. Yeah. Uh, and anybody who said it wasn't, it's telling lies. It was rough. It was a scary place. Yeah. The flats weren't it? Ice and green flats were up, and basement flats were up. Yeah. And um, so, so that was your first nick. Yeah. So yeah, what was Greg, Greg like when you arrived on your first shift? Were you like well, boy and I, I mean, well, basically, before you get there, you go then back to Epperston for five weeks. Oh right, okay. Five weeks local procedure. Hmm. Is this where the argument ensued? Yeah. This is where in the classroom, we're in the classroom and we're doing whatever it is we're doing, I can't remember now. And um, it was John Tennant actually coming and the PC at the time um, was there. It was, uh, he ended up being a superintendent at the end. And um, John Tennant said, right, I want to talk to you about these expenses. And we're, we're in the middle of a class doing something. And he says, you can fuck off and this and that. They're swearing at each other. You don't talk to me like that. I'm the sergeant. You can get out of here and all this, that, and the other. Yeah. And there was a real argument between them, virtually to the point where everyone's looking at each other. What's going on here? And some public order going yeah. on here by the sound of it. Anyway, then um, is John Tennant leaves, and somebody else came in, whose name escapes me now, who was uh, who was of an uh, inspector rank, said to the PC who ended up being a superintendent at the end of it, right, out of here, my office now. So he went out, and this inspector stood at the front and said, right, everybody, you've seen what's happened. I'm going to give you all a, a statement paper I'm going to write now. <laughs> <laughs> because, because that, he said, is totally unacceptable. We don't have that kind of behaviour. And I want you to write down, I want you to write down. And I thought, I'm not happy with this. And I put, um, unfortunately, at the time of, of the of the alleged incident, I, 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 I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> that stood you in good stead for the next thirty years, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, and uh, and that was it. Ended it in. Some of them went into great detail about yeah, what they'd seen and all this, that, and the other. But that's where I put mine in. So it was a genuine argument set up. No, one, it was a set up. Because they set it up, yeah. yeah, just to see how you would react. Yeah. Because they did that for me. Oh, same moment. Ah, yeah, yeah, a woman. Uh, with guns. A, a woman came in and just ripped into the uh, oh, ripped right. into the instructor who was stood in front of the class and he was just stood there. Like, Obviously, he knew, but he was just yeah. he never said anything. Yeah. And she honestly, she was like, yeah. and, and now I'm pregnant. Like, you and we bastard. Were like, 
Mm. <laughs> what? <laughs> anyway, she left and then that was it. And somebody else came and said, yeah. right, here, right now what you've just seen. Yeah. You're right. Did you get any feedback about your statement? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. What did he say? Yeah, did you send? You Somebody's giving you some tuition here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some old man. You know, you know somebody in the yeah. world, don't you? And that was it, really. And uh, yeah, and that went on like five, uh, yeah, five weeks. You, you go, you went. It was residential, so you, you're supposed to stay. Bear in mind, I, I only lived like eight mile away, so I could have gone home. But you, you stayed, and yes. and Epperston then was. Uh, it got its own bar. Yeah, I remember the bar. It was great. A really nice place, you know. You're yeah. talking about Epperston Manor, and yeah. it, it was it was a nice place to be, and you got to know people and in those houses. Uh, yeah. His colleague of mine's actually bought one of those houses and living in it. Oh really? Yeah, he actually lives in one of those houses yeah. across across the road from the train school. Now it's all now apartments. So yeah, and then the, that was it. That uh, they allowed you, I think, um, if I remember rightly, on the one of the days of your last week of the five, you could go to division, um, just to go and see people, introduce yourself. Oh. And when I went uh, on that day, my shift weren't even on, and I ended up going out in a in a police car with somebody, uh, who I won't miss his name, and went all around the Forest Recreation Ground and all around Knoll Street, yeah. Bradford Road, Berridge Road, <laughs> up and down Radford Road, and all of that, and um, and then. I started, I think, on the Monday. Oh no, I didn't. It was Goose Fair. It was October, October yeah. the third. And on the Friday, I was told to report to the Goose Fair site. Wow. I, and I'd never been out in Munster General Public ever in my life. Yeah. And, and I, and I, and that was but that daunting for you. Yeah, that it was a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Back to the fire. Yeah, 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 yeah the Goose Fair and. Um, Big then in them days. Yeah, oh, it's massive. Yeah. It was different then, and um, you know so many people obviously did that and uh yeah just just did the saturday at goose fair uh and got paid for it of course because uh, it double time or time and a half as it was cancelled yesterday and then on the monday i started on um on an afternoon shift at uh, gregory boulevard with my uh yeah with my tutor constable how many, how many were on the shift then yeah. you're probably looking at a sergeant and Sergeant in six, yeah. but then you see you've got Hyson Green, which is Gregory Boulevard, you've got Hamilton House, so there'll be a sergeant in six there, you've got Bar Lane, so be a sergeant in six there. We used to put seven police cars out from Gregory Boulevard, virtually mm-hmm. every, you know, every station. I mean, it was quite funny, really, because you was only supposed to do seven miles in your police car, and they were the old what, mo- in yeah, that's what, for, shift? in a shift, yeah. Bear really? in mind, if you went from Gregory Boulevard to um, down to the Guild Hall and back, you'd done your seven. So we used to what we did, we used to disconnect the speed. <laughs> <laughs> and what what car was it when he started? It was a Mark II Escort. Mark II yeah. Escort. Yeah, with the old um, uh, blue one. Right. Yeah. yeah, which didn't work while the vehicle was in motion. Yeah, only when it was stationary. Only when it was stationary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, with the engine on. Yeah. And gear it with it. Yeah, 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 yeah,
uh, walking around and whatever, or usually always foot patrol, but it didn't always work that way because he responds as well. Um, and then I think uh, after that I was put on a driving course and uh, I did, did a two week advanced driving course and then I come back and I was driving a police car. Can you, rem- can you remember your tutor? Yeah, William Peter Rag has passed away now, yeah. 291. Absolutely fantastic police officer. Uh, how would he would he have been when uh, when he was in his eighties when he died? Uh, yeah. He would have been. Um, he would have had about twenty two years. Since. Oh, an old lag. Yeah. And he put he made a star out of me. Really? Yeah. He knew where to be, when to be there, and uh, he knew he knew Highson Green, Baseford. He knew all of that area like the back of his hand. Mm. And if you get you get uh, a, a 10, 12 persons on the premises and or there's a burglary in pro- progress or something like that, and we'd go and he'd say right, you just go and stand there. And the next thing he he'd come back and he'd got hold of somebody, <laughs> and he'd say right, you just arrested him. He's round the back of here and he's done the burglary and 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 if you come down here and we've we've got him. He's in. He, I put my handcuffs on him, and there was the telly that he'd nicked out somebody's house. Brilliant. Remember it really well, yeah. and um, but not just that, but other things. Frightening nobody, as well. Um, but it was funny. It was funny as well. You know, some of the things. Proper old school cop. Yeah, yeah. I remember one morning shift. Um, he come in, and um, gosh, he had a good good drink the night before, and uh, and he sat there, and I looked down, and. Uh, Looked his feet. Said, "Bill, is it dark when you <laughs> when you got ready this morning?" He says, "Yeah." He says, "Well, yeah, yeah." You know, five, five o'clock. He got he got got odd shoes on, and he'd got one brown one <laughs> and one black one, and one was a slip on, and the other was lace. No. <laughs> And that's the truth. That was so funny. And I, I remember re- it really well. I remember it really well. Yeah. Because then we ended up going home in the police car, so we yeah. get a matching pair, black ones, Brilliant. as it happened. Oh. Yeah. So I mean, the socks, the yeah. boots incident was later on in. Uh, oh, that was the boots one, right? Yeah. And um, I, I, I can see the cop now, and I, I remember the incident, and it was. Um, a particular inspector who was always, always finding something, and he said, um, "PC, what, what socks are they? He got red socks on. He got his police boots on, yeah. and um, red socks on." He says, "The red, sir." He says, "They're not regulation. You should be wearing black or dark blue socks." He says, "I'm afraid um, you need to read for standing orders, sir." Oh God! He says. What do you mean? And he says, well, and he showed it to him. He said, when <laughs> when shoes are worn, black or blue socks will be worn. Yeah. When boots are worn, socks of any colour can be worn. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and he got these red socks on on purpose. Yeah. And he finished his travel. Yeah. <laughs> Funny times, honestly. Brilliant. Things that used to happen. They had fetishes, you see, in those days. The senior rank had fetishes because they'd all been in things like, like the army and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. And I remember one of them. <laughs> I won't mention his name, but people will know if anyone's listening. They'll know. <laughs> and 
we had a control room at Hamilton House. It's different now. Everything is all in one place, mm. but each divisional headquarters had its own control room. Yeah. And um, and of course there was usually the old like PC in there, and you know, and then there was obviously a few civilian ladies and such like. And um, if you left anything lying about, this particular <laughs> inspector would nick it. And he was a bugger for hats. So uh, he come in one day, and it was the sergeant's actually. And he come in and he said, Sergeant, such a body. He says, uh, Yes, sir. He says, Where's your hat? He says, Do you know what? So he says, I, I seem to have misplaced it. He says, No, you haven't. He said, You've left it lying around in the plate. This is to a sergeant, this is. Yeah. Left it lying around in the playground, and it's in my locker. <laughs> so this sergeant says, oh, Right, sir. He says, So you'd have to go in my office and get it. So he said, Oh, right, sir. He said, Oh, by the way, sir, where's your hat? No. He said, and he looked around and said, That's in my fucking locker. <laughs> <laughs> Did it? Yeah. <laughs> and it was. He knew he'd had his hat, so yeah. he went and fetched it, but it was in his locker. Honestly. Oh, oh, you know, in the early days, I mean, it, stuff happened that you couldn't happen. There was one PC, and he'll know who he is if he's still around. And we had a, a lady there, and a lovely, lovely lady, who uh, was very, very skilled, because we had telexes then, um, ticker tape, yeah. with all holes in it and all of that. And um, very little computerization and a switchboard and all of that and used to be there and this particular pc thought it was funny to get some cling film and stretch it over the lady's toilet <laughs> so he, he got the cling film he stretched it over all over the ladies the ladies toilet under the seat and of course this particular lady went and sat down for a week oh, no. yeah. can you imagine now yeah. that happened yeah i mean i'm going back a lot of years and uh, anyway there was a kerfuffle about it, and he, of course he thought it was really funny, and he never coughed it up that it was him or what, <laughs> yeah. and that was that. Then that was full forensic, for, forensic well, no, job on it now. Because you weren't paying attention at the time. I had nothing to do with it, I didn't know what was happening. And anyway, so they thought, right, we'll get in, get, we'll get this particular person. Yeah. And there was a butcher's shop on, um, <laughs> on, the, on Church Drive. So, I was going to say we. They went up there and uh, and they got they got a bull's they got a bull's a bull's eye. Now if you've ever seen a bull's eye, it's as big as a flipping cricket ball, just about. Yeah. So what they did is when they mashed a cup of tea in the morning, they put this bull's eye in this PC tea, and it sunk down just below. The, now this is a man who was always joking, always doing various things, yeah. and always yeah. practical joking, everything, yeah. you know, and everybody, oh, you, you, you know, you need to shape up, you, know, you can't take a joke and all yeah, that. Yeah, 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 <laughs> anyway, yeah. He picks his cup of tea up, his mug of tea, mm-hmm. and as he's drinking it, obviously it touched his lip, yeah. and he looked down, and there's this looking old guy him. looking at him. Yeah. Well, the, the, the control room window opened out onto onto the road, and he went ballistic, and he chucked this bullseye out onto the... <laughs> Oh, it's standing at the side, yeah. and they were looking up at me. Yeah. <laughs> Winking. Stormed out, went and bloody 
made a complaint. Oh. Honestly, he did. Oh, he went and made a complaint, it. and that was that. And um, if you give it, if you yeah, got yeah, you're gonna yeah, take it. Yeah. And, he, and if he if he's still alive, he'll know who he is. Really? Oh. Yeah. And it, 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 you know, side splitting things really. Yeah, fantastic. But well, we, we we used to break into our sergeant's locker on nights. Look, oh, cool. Because he used to always used to travel in mm. in, in his civvies and get changed in the uh. So we used to break into his locker on night shift because mm. we had a really good canteen at our nick. Yeah. Uh, with a, with a chest freezer. So we used to get his civvies out, soak them in water, mm-hmm. fold them up really tight, and then drop them in the chest freezer for ten hours, mm-hmm. and then break back into his locker about about half, about, half, about half six in the morning, yeah. and put his clothes back in his yeah. locker, and he'd come, find him like block yeah. a block of ice in his yeah. life, and we did it with his keys as well. We sunk his yeah. keys in a cup of water, froze them over, and I said, "Come, come for drive home." And he had to chip it all away. And this block of oh. block of ice. There was there in the morning outside, smashing his key, smashing the ice. So you didn't say anything, did you? Oh, you, you won't get away with that now, though, would you? Can you imagine? No. Bullying no. inside. Well, you're not bullying inside. He was all, you know, the things he used to do to us. But anyway. Well, they, they, we did it to everybody. I mean, there was a policewoman who ended up being a superintendent at the end of the day. And um, so what we did with her was, is we sent her to, um, well, we didn't, the control room sent her to um, Ice and Green Flats. A single crew, in the middle of the night it was. So she parts the police car up on the on the off screen, <laughs> goes into the flats, and um, somebody uh, had taken the duplicate out and drove the police car and, and hid it. Yeah. Because you come out, because you're watching, aren't you? Yeah. You don't want to get and uh, well beside herself. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. I can imagine. And uh, yeah. Feel so like you and Alberto Bongo's car. Uh, yeah. Twop 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 her. Yeah. yeah. Car out the car park. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. yeah. So with all this going on then, did you think, yeah, this is the job for me? Oh yeah, because, yeah. Uh, don't get me wrong, it sounds like we did nothing to mess about, but you had a prisoner on every single night and on yeah. the night shift. I mean, Ice and Green was absolutely buzzing. You know, you used to have to, it was half past ten closing, so you prayed on duty quarter to ten at night. You had to on control, out on patrol on foot, and the sergeant would give you three or four pubs to see out Right. So you'd start at the top of the road, uh, say the Alma, then you do the Smith songs. And of course they were all pleased to see you in those pubs, weren't well, they? Well, <laughs> yeah. some of the landlords were, but the yeah. really clientele weren't. So you'd do the Smiths, the Langham, and then he'd say, right, and then you do um, cricket players and the old general and you last out. Mm. So you'd start at the top and then you'd get into the old general, about half past ten, bang on, and you had to wait there till 22. Yeah. And you'd have to tell people to drink up. Mm. And they didn't like that. Very Not much always at all. that popular. And yeah. you always ended up locking somebody up. Always, yeah. there's always somebody wanted to hang on for another half an hour. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'll be, I'll, I'll just mm. finish it now. Sipping it. But no pace. No. No police criminal evidence act. Judges rules. Nineteen eighty. Yeah. yeah, judges rules. Uh, was yeah, and that kind of died a death. Did you ever go off forgetting that you had a prisoner? Yeah. There? Yeah. Oh yeah, we we nicked a guy. <laughs> well, he gave a false name anyway. He said his name was Swifty Fisher. <laughs> and then they used to yeah, and you weren't even a detective at that yeah, point. You yeah, worked yeah, out yeah, that, you worked yeah, out there's something more quite wrong. Something right. not quite right about <laughs> yeah. And it was a Thursday, um and we was on a morning shift and um Woolworths on Radford Road and he nicked a T shirt shop theft. So me and Bill would walk up there and we nicked him. We walked him back to the police station with Swifty Fisher. Yeah. Locked him up. You got no custody sergeants, no nothing. We just had a cell there and you, you locked him up. And, and you'd ring up the, uh, you'd just 
call the uh, the sergeant if he wasn't in or the inspector say, oh, but, uh, sir we've got a, a prisoner and it's for the all oh, right no problem you just have to write the domestic sheet yourself and all of that thing and we locked him up and it's just come up two o'clock so it's all right we're going now um he's gave a false name and that's that so went home long weekend off come back on a 210 on the monday walked in and the sergeant says uh, are you or two going to do something about this prisoner now? He's <laughs> <laughs> still there. He wants to breathe. He wants to breathe. They didn't have no breathe. There was none of that. They didn't get no sleep. They got sleep still if they eventually went to court. <laughs> so we had Three the, days later. He was there, yeah. Oh my it was God. in there. And um, it only nicked a blinking water. I bet he coughed it after that, didn't he? No. He, 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 <laughs> he, he wasn't very happy at all. And, um, <laughs> oh, 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 unbelievable. And in, in the end, we interviewed him and, and he, had, he admitted it. Yeah. So we charged him, bailed him to court. Of course, mm-hmm. failed to appear and he's still on his toes now. Swifty Fisher. 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 Yeah, Swifty Fisher. And that was him. And then, of course, obviously, they'd have, um, they'd have. Mind you, you'd, you'd never even get three days incarceration now, would you? So back in the day, that was that was his punishment, well, no. wasn't it? I think well, we keep you three days we from know, yeah. We know when a job when a job stinks, don't we? Oh, yeah. I mean, something's just been in the news recently. Someone's been nicked for rape and assault, and then the police are asking for more time after thirty-six hours, mm. and then they get a warrant for further detention, so he's in for seventy-two hours. And then the miraculously the alleged offence drops down to something like indecent assault and threats to kill, and then after the thirty six hour after the seventy two hours, they're bailing him. Yeah. They've got nothing, have they? Yeah. yeah. And what they what's happened there is an allegation has ruined somebody's career. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So for us, in those days, job. yeah, That's you did. What, and then of course, obviously, further education. Further uh, detention, all that came in, 12 hour extensions, mm. and which you sort of moved on mm. from 84 onwards. But I mean, I remember when it came in, and the, uh, I remember the old PC saying, What, writing it down? <laughs> what, write, what, at the time? <laughs> <laughs> Contemporaneous what? Contem- yeah. People couldn't even say it. Couldn't even say yeah, it. Yeah. Contemporary what? Con- what? what? <laughs> I don't expect us to do time, that. At the time, we're busy. We haven't got time to do that. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we do it, Bob. We do it in a book later. Later, yeah. next week. Yeah. Six months later. Yeah, with all the TICs <laughs> on the morning of court. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and that with that. And then when, oh yeah, and they're going to be tape recording. No, I'm not being tape recording. <laughs> <laughs> not tape recording me. Yeah. Of course, now obviously things have changed, and mm. we, we never did anything against the law. Everything we did was. Home office approved. Home abide, law abiding, and, and, that, yeah. and that, that was that really. You know, it was just in between those moments, mm. there was moments of a bit of fun, fun mm. and frivolity. Like, and why not? And why not? You know, one of the lads got a unicycle and decided to go and patrol him <laughs> on a blinkered unicycle. <laughs> I mean, you couldn't make that up, could you? No. Can you imagine somebody right to get something? That'd Even frowned, today, that'd be frowned on nowadays, wouldn't it? Yeah, can you imagine somebody in full police uniform on a actually unicycle. on a unicycle going, really? going down Rapid Road? <laughs> the public would like to see it. Personally. And he did, yeah. yeah. And he, it was good on it as well. He, he, he'd obviously give it some practice. Brilliant. Fantastic. Well, 
It's been absolutely brilliant, Andy. <laughs> Thank you so much. Hopefully we can get you uh, get, get to tell us a few more stories a bit later on and uh, and, and do some more recording with you. I so, think so. Yeah. remember, Yup Beer. Yup Beer. Off the cuff. Off the cuff. Twelve. Twelve. Thank you, Yup Beer. Oh, and uh, hopefully we'll speak to you again. I'm through this. Yeah. Very, very yeah. strong.